This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Remarkable Results Radio. Carm Capriato. A really cool episode today. I mean, it's rare that I pack the studio with me and five others, but it could only happen if Sean Gilfillan just calls me up and says, man, do I have a panel for you. And so I totally love it, Sean, from Automotive Magic in Kenville, New Jersey. Am I right? Kenville? That's right. Then uh, Magic Lube and Rubber in Lake Opacon. That's right. Wow, Magic Lube and Tire. Great. Two stores. Good for you. Albert Stashluck. Am I saying that right, Albert? Yep. Stashluck. Wow, cool. General Manager, Automotive Magic in Kenville, New Jersey, and Magic Lube and Rubber. So you're the general manager of all the places? Yeah, I run both shops. Wow. And what does Sean do? Stay at home and cut the grass? I tell him to stay home. (laughs) Did you ever think, Sean, all those years ago that you would have a general manager in a couple of stores and leading a leadership group? No, huh? Well, it was always a dream, I guess, but one of those ones that you think is a pipe dream out into the future and it's become true. So it's kind of really awesome. Good for you. So glad you put this together. Steve Hickson is with us, president of Arts Automotive and founder of Estes Auto Center in Longview, Washington. Yes, sir. Hey, Steve. So glad to have you with us. And Tina Ormond is here, general manager for DeBoer's Auto, Hamburg, New Jersey. Brand new place. We've got a tour of it recently. How cool is that? Tina, welcome. Thank you very much for having me on the show. And I am so happy to be working with DeBoer's. They are excellent. And Bill and the family, and has been a great contributor to the show. We've done a bunch of podcasts with him. And Tina is on vacation and she joined us from vacation. God, I just love the dedication that so many have. Brian Nurger is with us. Nurger's Auto Express, Boundbrook, New Jersey. You have a breakthrough to tell us about later about being a non-producing tech, a breakthrough. So I can't wait to hear that story. And so we're here to discuss a leadership group that Sean has put together. And it started through him working with his uncle, who's a kind of a leadership coach and saying, hey, why can't we do some of this for our automotive team within your network? So I can't wait to get in here and talk about it because there's a lot of lessons that we're going to learn, breakthroughs as we say, that have helped people have those V8 moments in their life that sometimes change them in a very big way. Sean? Yeah, this is something that I've been working on myself for, I'd say, 10 years, really uh, looking to motivate the employees and always looking for different ways to have the shop level up to that next level. And it's something through uh, just networking with a bunch of other shop owners through some of the events around the uh, the country throughout the years that we grow these relationships. And you know, my uncle founded a company back when I was really young. He's a high level, level executive coach for a lot of Fortune 500 companies. And I've been fortunate that he's been helping me through the years and really kind of looking at where we finally have achieved that freedom for myself away from the business and really being able to work on it and not in it and seeing all the struggles that a lot of shop owners have getting themselves freed up to be able to work on their business, right? Some of the things that looking back over the past 10 years that dabbling in uh, some of his content and, and whatnot, we've really kind of put together a program that changes that language around a little bit and really makes it you know, transferable into our industry. You know, there's definitely some coaching programs out there that help and some books you can read, but this is something we put together really to help people from a leadership standpoint, grow their team uh, so that the team can really handle what's going on in a day-to-day operations and work together well. We put together this 20 uh, week program that we're halfway through. Uh, everybody here on the call today is is in the program, which is why they're here. You see a lot of Jersey guys. We did do it with a lot of close-by shops. Steve, I've known for quite a few years. I think we met back in 2007 out in California, one of those uh, training uh, events. 
And we get together every year and we always work on how we can improve our businesses together. And here we are 10 weeks, 11 weeks now into this first uh, program that we ran. And we're getting some tremendous breakthroughs where managers are stepping up and, and, and owners are being able to step out of the business. So and, uh, we've got a lot of little bullet points we can go on. The biggest thing that we're working on is four main things that we really dig into. One of them is that we got to have us ourselves as owners and our employees change our own view of ourself, that self-talk that we, we have in the background while we're working or if somebody speaks to us a certain way. Hey, plan to be at Apex 2023, October 31st through November 2nd. Apex will build upon the incredible success of Joe's Garage, a full 10-bay working environment. If you earn your living in the auto service aftermarket, then Apex is for you. Hey, did you know that Napa Tracks has on-site training plus six days a week support? It all starts when a local representative meets with you to learn about your business and how you run it. After all, it's your shop, so it's your choice. Let us prove to you that Trax is the single best shop management system in the business. Find Napa Trax on the web at napatracs.com. I know that there are some coaching companies out there that have their COO GM groups and then they have their owner CEO groups. But in this particular case, you've got owners and GMs involved. And I find that to be fascinating to the team and, and to yourself, Sean. What's the dynamic? Also, uh, really having the owners and or managers involved, as well as, you know, you got your production lead, you got a leadership team. That's where it really is probably most effective when you have somebody leading the back of the shop, you got somebody leading the front, maybe somebody leading your marketing and really having all of those areas or departments with a leader involved in each one and then tying them together so they can collaborate and really become a, a solid team and way more effective. Thank you, Tina. You In your talking points, it was almost like you were suffering with the imposter syndrome and you finally got a chance to get a feel for what people were seeing in you and you know a little self-assurance for yourself that you learned, hey... I got a pretty important position. Yeah, so the imposter syndrome that you're talking about, it is real. I mean, for the longest time when Bill DeBoer, who has taught me so much already, when he had me take on this management role, I kept saying to myself, like, oh man, I'm really, I'm not sure how I'm going to convert to this management role. Like, I'm, I'm not sure I have the people management skills. And so he, he suggested the program here and I was really, really excited about it. And I still am actually every week. I'm really, really excited to see everybody because every week I'm connecting with people who are feeling and experiencing the same things that I am as a manager. And it is so great to have those others of the equivalent to bounce things off of because I realize this isn't a me issue. Like I can do this. This is great. And then the other part of it for me is, is knowing that the people management part, like there is just so much more depth to this and I'm learning more and more every single day. And I am just so thankful for this program for that experience and for like that knowledge gap that I feel like we're finally filling in. It seems like one of the dynamics here amongst everyone is the fact that you've all either taken the DISC test or you've brought that to your team and your people. And, and I remember learning, I got a textbook that's this thick on DISC, and it, it's amazing what you can learn about the, you know, the communication styles of others and how you ultimately, what role they should have, and then how you, whatever your particular DISC profile is, to learn how to deal with that individual. Who wants to start discussing the power and the value of that? I thought that my staff would be very resistant, right? Like they would out looking for their foil caps so they can put them on so we can't get into their mind. <laughs> and it was the opposite. They loved it. They wanted to compare results with each other. And, uh, and we learned a lot about our staff that uh, how different they all are. And on that uh, particular website we use the, for the tests, 
they go into depth describing the strengths and weaknesses of each different person. And you also, the person that took the test has access to that. And so they can look them up and everybody was very agreeable. They say, well, yeah, that's me. This thing's right on. And I thought the same thing. I took it too. And I'm going to have my wife and kids take it. Actually, my son <laughs> took it already. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun and, and it's, it's right on the money so far how accurate it is. I want to keep talking about DISC, but I have to share with you maybe 40 seconds this story when I first took my DISC and we were actually taught as this, as this team through this PhD. Talked to us about peoples and, and what the test means and how you can be a better leader. So walk into the room, there's like 20 of us and the envelope is in front of us with our DISC results. And I started opening it up and I got scolded by, it was Dr. Rosina, I'll never forget. She goes, don't keep that envelope closed because, you know, I'm a, you know, bull in a china shop. I want to just come in and do stuff. So I'm reading. So when she finally said that we could open it up, I'm reading this thing and I'm doing this. I'm shaking my head and she comes up to me and I'm just, she goes, what's wrong? She goes, my wife says this stuff about me all the time and I keep telling her she's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and so it nailed me, <laughs> my strengths and my weaknesses. And it just nailed me. I'm a, I'm a high eye, by the way. So, yeah, it's, it's very interesting and it's very accurate at the same time. And a lot of them, I was surprised a little bit, but other ones I already knew before they ever took the test. Yeah. You can sit across from a future employee, a new team member without even having that test being part of a hiring process. And if you learn enough about it, you could see it in their dress and how they talk. And, you know, by opening some leading questions, you can find out what kind of uh, profile they are. Really nice thing about it is you can actually carve everybody so that you're like a machine, you know, as an organization, we're, we're a machine. And in taking that disc test and looking at everybody's and where they sit, you kind of carve the grooves so everybody just meshes together. And everything just starts to flow. So now you're just a well-oiled years and it starts flowing. Everybody's talking, everybody's communicating. And that infighting kind of stops. You know, the work, it moves. People are more understanding of others because they say, well, that guy's a drive. And he thought the guy was just being mean, right? Yeah. But he's, he's blunt to a fault. And that's just the way he is. It's not that he doesn't like you. He's just, that's just the way his head is wired. And don't take it personal when he gets like that. Just keep it business and, and move on to the next task. And somebody else is a support. And it's more about backing somebody up and having somebody's what they're looking to go into. And they're just to be that support and finding a way to make everybody work together so that the jobs flow and the communication flows and the team really thrives. Uh, we, other than a disc, we've done, we do a lot of different assessments. We do, you know, we really into working on ourselves to grow us that then helps to grow the business. And it's not just on a business level, it's on a personal level, you know, so everything then starts to work in your life. How about you, Brian? Yeah, I'm sitting here laughing to myself because um, <laughs> one technician is a, a high D and I go back there and I'm sugarcoating things and, you know, hey, how you doing? And how's this job going? And, you know, I want to ask him a question, but as for support, it's like, you know, I want to be nice. I want to be liked. And this guy is just like, just get to the point. You know, what are you getting at? Like Steve was saying, you, you know, if you get a high D and you're an S and you go back there, it's like, you know, he doesn't like me for some reason. You know, and it's like, you know, an S wants to be, uh, wants to be liked. So it's, uh, I'm just sitting here laughing about that. But it definitely makes a difference as far as how you see people and how to present yourself to them and them present to you and strong points, weak points. And I think it's really the skills that we're training in the background are really having everyone understand each other. 
and how they operate, right? And not being taken like a personal attack from somebody that's a high drive or, you know, just really helping them influence and how to have a conversation directly differently with the people in the organization, just based on how they most of the time unconsciously operate. But when you become aware of it and your self-awareness raises up, you can really be almost like a rubber band. Like, you know, that when you speak like that, it's going to impact somebody else a different way. So you start to really mix the soup, I would say, and get everybody really communicating a lot better. Okay, great line. A soup full of, you know, call it a vegetable soup of, of individuals that have to know and learn to get together. And their leader has to so much build that dynamics in the best way is to know if, and I, and I love your thing, Brian, the technician says, get to the point, right? I had a boss one day that was a D, we called dominant back in the day when we were taking the disc test and now it's called drive. And he would look at his watch and he'd say, are you done? Because, you know, here I'm an influencer. I'm an I person, right? And guess what? After about three or four years, I won him over to my side. Instead of instead of totally demanding that I came to him with an answer, I got him to be a little bit more calmer and realize that eyes like me have great ideas to share. It's not a black or a white answer to stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's, the dynamic is amazing. Sean, do you guys do strength finders also? So we've done that uh, in our shop and a couple of the other shops may have uh, plugged into that in the past. I know we did a, a podcast on that, but that really also digs in a little bit deeper, right? In your strengths and or your weaknesses. So you can really, I wouldn't even say work on them, but play to your strengths because they're those unconscious things that we do as human beings. We, uh, we're good at things because we've been doing it that way our whole life. And it's uh, very difficult to change that. So, um, you know, one of the things that uh, one of my strengths that has always come up is my number two, the four or five different times that I've taken that test since way back 2009 or 10 has been uh, individualization. And that's really being able to see people operate in their strong area or how they work well together, where you can take two people and plug them together, like Albert was saying, getting the gears to mesh. And we're just filing the edges off to make sure that this thing really runs smooth. And uh, when you can do that, I think the biggest uh, trip up for me over to the past bunch of years is I spent a lot of time working on myself and maybe sharing a little bit here and there, but I was more or less doing it for myself and then trying to understand how everybody else worked instead of having them really understand themselves as well, which really has this program's cracked open for our shop big time. Everybody's on the same page. We're all kind of understanding each other. And that's really what we're, uh, we're looking to deliver best we can out to the industry. I think it's really awesome. It's coming together. I have a story to tell you about Sean and I and Strengths Finders. So we were chatting, maybe it was a year ago, about StrengthsFinders, and we were, if you will, I'll show you mine if you show me yours, right? (laughs) And and so we had my top five, and Sean had his top five, says, well, what's your sixth? I don't have any more. He goes, you cheap, I don't know, you call me a bad name. (laughs) And he says, get off your wallet and go spend the money and get the rest of them. So I did. And so thank you for that because it really, really did help me. And interestingly enough, what I am doing now for the last eight years, my strengths finder says, this is what I should be doing. So interesting. So so Tina, let's talk to you about uh, getting through conflict, which happens kind of regularly being a leader in a business, having to manage that. Has this kind of training helped you? Absolutely. I am a drive personally. So I have actually had an experience recently where one of my direct reports came to me, let me know about something that was concerning her, like with customer relations. And then I heard her concern. I said, "Ah, I'm not really worried about that one right now. Let's move on to the other stuff. And she seemed really, really upset 
by like how I responded to her. And from a manager's perspective and as, as a drive person, I'm, like, I'm sitting there in my head thinking like, what's the problem? What, what's the issue here? But then I realized I was speaking to somebody who's a completely different personality type than I was. So I had to stop and take a self-assessment and say, Tina, you're a drive, but you, right now you need to not be a drive. Right now you need to listen to this person's concerns and respond appropriately. So like for her, conflict management with her, right, is helping her resolve an internal conflict, believe it or not. So after taking some time and consulting with this person, we found like really the root of what was really upsetting them. And then we were able to talk it out. And then the next day, that person did come back to me and said, let me know, hey, listen, when you talk to me about that, and you kind of gave me a different perspective and you talked to me about it, she said, I feel a lot better about it today. And so I didn't realize that I could do something like that for somebody like previous me before this training would have been like, yeah, I don't know. Like, just give up. Like, don't even try to dig into this. Be like, oh, that's their problem. But it's not. Like, I had to sit down and find out, get to the root of that and find out what the real conflict was. Like, even just for herself, right? Why is something like this upsetting her? Right? Because there's always a different reason for why people get upset about things. And if you're not, if I stayed in my, if I stayed in my little box of drive and didn't sit there and listen to somebody else for once, this wouldn't, I wouldn't have discovered what makes this person tick a little bit better. So I think it really does help a lot. And listen to somebody for once. I think that's a big quote out of this episode. <laughs> because I think it's a big quote for everyone who's a drive person. <laughs> yes, exactly right. I don't want to just, you know, get talk to the hand because the face ain't listening, right? That's exactly right. I don't have time for this. Come on, get on. I got things to do. And I guess to the point, Sean, if you think about pulling this together and understanding ourselves better, we could, I think the point is, is after five weeks, you've all basically said, I'm a changed person. Big time. You know, and I think uh, there's a lot of this training that the neat part is one week of working on the lesson for an hour. During the day, you go back to work, you play with it all week, and then you come back the next week and we share some of the things that we bump up against, right? So I think it's really the on the court type of environment that this creates for the group that we all learned from what Tina just did. That's something that she shared on a call with us to be able to understand what she went through, how she transformed her way of listening, right? We call it active listening, right? You really want to get what the person's saying, be able to recreate not only just what they said, but their emotions about whatever it is. And that's really the underpinnings of what she did there. And not only having the, the emotional part be strong, it's like they really got that you got them that you heard their concerns and that you're partnering up with them. You know, it's kind of really interesting how most of the time that's not something that we even consider that's there. I've always known of this forgetting curve that goes on with training. And it's like a 30-day drop if you don't use the stuff that you've learned. And kudos to you that says, we're going to work on this. We're gonna, here's our lesson that we're going to work on. it. And then part of the next meeting is we're going to talk about everyone's experience in using the tool or the ideas that we shared the week before. And then you start hearing these stories and it even, it's almost like putting hardener on the body filler. It just, it works. Albert, interpersonal issues have, has this helped you? Oh, absolutely. It's actually been a benefit having as many team members on this that we do. We have, I think, five or six people in it. So we just bring up their issues right in the meeting and discuss them. And so we learn through that. Um, I think it brings something different where you're seeing both sides within the, the platform. But then once we work it through there, it also gives everybody the ability to then within the organization to go back and work on other areas with people that are part of the H HPT. Apex 2023 is hard at work building the largest and most comprehensive expo in the nation. From vendor booths to Joe's garage with 10 working bays, 
Prepare to learn by doing and attending classes from some of the best and the brightest industry trainers that continually get superior rating from students. Register at aapexshow.com and choose your training classes like EVAP Diagnostics, the Analytical Test Drive, Diagnosing Keys and Immobilizer Systems, and a class on Is the Transmission to Blame, among 30 others. Yes, Apex has the industry's top classes and trainers in a new setting this year. Also find every top industry company ready to talk with you about your business needs and career. So if you earn your living in the automotive aftermarket, then Apex is for you. Plan your three days around Joe's Garage and see tools and equipment in action. Register now at aapexshow.com, October 31st through November 2nd. Apex, now more than ever. Hey, let's face it. Your shop management system is the single most important tool in your shop, period. Napa Tracks has made selecting the right shop management system easy by offering the industry's best, most comprehensive SMS. Now, it all starts when a local representative meets with you to learn about your business and how you need to run it. After all, it's your shop, so it's your choice. And having local representation is a huge plus. Customizing tracks to your business, whether you're a one-person shop or a large multi-bay or multi-location company, a representative consults with you to help optimize your shop's workflow, efficiency, and profitability. Tracks always has the flexibility to do business how you need to do it, which means it can also grow as your business grows. And unlike the other guys, we'll be there for you after installation with the best training and support in the business. Yes, a learning management system tailored to each role in your company. Simply put, Trax was designed and built for shop owners just like you. Visit us on the web at NapaTrax, that's N-A-P-A-T-R-A-C-S dot com. I got a curious burning question. You say we have more on the team. Okay, so you work with Sean. And I want to know this, who did you pick to also be on that team? How do you find the time to get these discussions or these meeting points inside? So I guess when I say who, maybe it's the role of the individual. Yep. So I have my service manager for Automotive Magic, my production manager for Automotive Magic, and then the service writer and the service writer production manager for the other other shop. And then we have Adam which is kind of our QC marketing on there. And then we have a assistant service advisor on there. So it's all the main big players. All right, so big players, where are you finding the time? Morning, evening? We do it midday, 1 to 12 to 1 on Mondays. Okay, so everyone knows there's a meeting. You can't get in touch. Decisions that need to be made need to go on hold? Yeah, pretty much. I have an assistant service manager who's kind of helped working at Magic because um, it's the bigger shop. She can keep things flowing here. Over at the other shop, they just set it up to where this is what's going on. We don't schedule any waiters during that time. Go with what we have. If we run into something, it'll get dealt with once the meeting's over. Wow. Brian, you were telling me about eight attributes that uh, you learned right out of the shoot. Can you give us a few? The first one is basically having clear, like a mission statement. Individually for the business? For the business, making sure that everybody knows it. It's uh, making sure that you have the right people and the right players on the team. I don't have them in front of me. I'm just going to go by some of the uh, memories. I got them. You sent them to me. Clear roles. Yeah, clear roles. Make sure you have the right people in the right seats. You want people that are going to pick the team versus their own personal agenda. 
I don't remember what the other three are, but accountability, comfort, dealing with conflict made it very clear what areas need to work on to improve as a team. I mean, it's it sounds like right person in the right seat with the right goals, with transparent communication amongst the team that they either supervise or they work for. Yeah. And it's also working horizontally, too, where people are holding each other accountable. And, you know, it's not just uh, from the top down. It's working across the lines also. Wow. One of the biggest ones that goes missing the most is having the group self-assess where they're at currently to really understand where we're going as a group and deal with any issues that are happening within the company as a group and not have it be gossip or talking back and forth. If you got a problem, bring it up and let's get it out on the table and deal with it as a team. And it works very well. Steve, are you hungry for new things to learn? Always. You know, that's why I, I signed up to this. I've taken a lot of training over the years, and this one sounded very good. And Jim, our coach, he's, I think he's probably the best coach I've, I've come across. You can tell that he's heard every story there is out there. You can't tell him anything that he hasn't dealt with before. And he just always has a, a relevant answer, an articulate answer, and it makes you go, why didn't I think of that, right? That's so simple. Yet he just spits things out like that over and over for the whole hour that we're all together. He's just brings it up in such a way that we all understand it and realize why we need to listen and do what we learn in the group. Has he taught you a better way to communicate? Is there something you can learn about that? There's always a better way to communicate, especially us old guys. We've been doing this forever and probably been doing it longer than we've been doing it right. And sometimes you just got to, like somebody just said just a few minutes ago, self-assess. Am I the problem? And yeah, you are the problem every time. Some people will say, you know, oh, sometimes I'm the problem. No, you're always the problem. This group and this meeting every week, it really uh, helps you open your eyes to that and do something about it. It gives you simple things to do and think. I, one of the things I like about this particular group is the coach, he'll break things down and give you checklists, right? So, okay, so self-assessment, what is that? Well, he'll give you checklists of things you need to accomplish to make that self-assessment real and give you something to do. Otherwise, you know, after the meeting's over, okay, so I need to, I need to self, how, how do I do that? I don't know. You leave the meeting with ways to, to make that happen. Very simple ways. It makes the value of time you spent go way up. I don't know. I think we need to interview your coach. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? Tina, sometimes leadership can be lonely, but I think there's a better way, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. So I've found that when you're dealing with challenges as a leader, whether that challenge be, you know, something with a, an employee, you just don't understand why they keep doing things the way that they're doing them, or you're trying to figure out the best way to really reach that person who's just not quite following the processes or getting in line. It can get really lonely because you just need to vent to somebody. And sometimes like I have a wonderful spouse, but he just doesn't get it. Like he's like, ah, I never managed people before. So I have no, I have no help for you. And so having a group of people that might be in an equivalent position or who might be understand because they're doing it and they're doing it in the same industry. When it comes to trying to, one, as a leader, eventually just be like, I just need to vent. And then you vent. Then you can start talking about, well, let's figure out, let's get together and let's get to the bottom of what you're experiencing together. Such a better feeling to have a team outside of your team, right? So you have your team that you have at your shop and then you have a team outside of your team that supports you all the way. And that really helps take away that solitude, so to speak. 
and then taking it to the next level where you actually get in communication outside of the HPT with people. Me and Tina have actually talked a few times, actually trying to get it more on a weekly basis. We really haven't made that happen, but I think Saturday we spent an hour just talking about the issues we're having, how to handle it, what she's done in the past, what I've done in the past, and just bouncing ideas off each other. That's been huge. It does help. It helps tremendously for me because like there are ways that somebody else in my same position might see things that I don't, I don't see it that way and vice versa. So, I mean, I'm, I'm big on trying to look at the person and finding the root of like, why are you doing this? You know, like I want to know why. So like I sit there and I'll analyze it and sometimes having it, somebody to bounce that off of like really helps. But at the same time, having somebody be able to look at me and say, Tina, it's not that complicated. It's just this. Like, that's cool to have as like other people that you can bounce things off of or other leaderships and other leaders in the same role that you're in. But you can look at each other's problems without the emotional tie to it, if that makes sense. It sure does. I mean, I think what we've been doing for eight years here on the podcast is providing stuff for people that they be a fly on the wall in, in a discussion like this. In every podcast we've ever done, be a fly on the wall, listen. And so, Tina, Albert, networking. Were you doing networking like this before you joined this leadership coaching group? I'm in a 20 group that I got involved in through uh, ATI. That's kind of been in the last six months. Nothing local like this. I'm lucky enough that my wife, even though it's a different industry, is in the same position I'm in. So I've used her to talk to and bounce ideas. And we've kind of done that back and forth. And I've gotten some out of that. Um, And my wife's also a drive, which is, I think, also something that can complement it is like, I'm a support. Tina's I know is a drive and you look at things totally different. So you get that different perspective from a different management standpoint of the drive and support. Albert, you said you're a drive? No, I'm a support. You're support, but your wife is a drive. Yes. Ah, do you say yes, dear, a lot? No, no, we argue. (laughs) No. And I know they say happy wife, happy life, but you know, I'm also stubborn. I was only pulling your chair. I disagree. Happy spouse, happy house. (laughs) That is really good. That is really good. Brian this morning had his conversation with a technician with uh, with one of our coaches on uh, on a Zoom call to help be the referee. And I think uh, sharing about that might make a, a difference. I don't think anybody else has heard yet, but we'll hear about it Monday. Why don't you let that one uh, that one out of the bag? Yeah, basically we had a underperforming technician, and it's been bothering me for a long time. And I just kept avoiding the conversation that we need to get his hours up at least five to ten hours a week. So, you know, basically the conversation we put together with one of the other people in the group was basically lay out the intention. And then after that was, well, first of all, we're going to have a conversation about this. Then it was to lay out the the intention of the conversation was to come up with some positive results and a plan, a clear cut plan of how to improve things. And it's completely taking personalities out of it. Then we discussed what the numbers were. And then I stopped and I asked him, so what do you think about this? And basically he just went and gave like five to 10 different reasons why the hours were down. And I said, you know, going back to the intention of our conversation was basically about coming out with results with a clear cut plan of how we can make things better. So Having that from the training that we have, just realizing that I didn't have the emotion that I normally have, especially as an S. And it was basically just keeping that in front of us, what we're both trying to get out of this. 
helped a tremendous amount. And we both, and then having Ryan in there too, supporting us, like made a tremendous difference too. So both of us left with a clear cut plan as far as what we're looking out for and how to improve. And then at the end of each week, we're basically going to look and see how we're doing and how it's working and just keep adjusting. Brian, the technician that you wanted the extra hours from, what was his uh, disc uh, profile? C for clarity. Okay. All right. So every time I think of a C, I think of an accountant, someone who loves exacting things. And it's probably not bad, even as a diagnostician, to be, you know, to be a C. When you were with him and discussing that, were you using the word we at all by saying, listen, we need to do this together. What can I do to help? Is it a tool? Is it time? Is it communication? Or wanting him to come back to you saying, I can do this. We need to work on this together. Yeah, I basically did say a whole bunch of times, what can we do or what is it going to look like for us to to keep this moving together? You know, we both came up with a bunch of ideas, which was great. But being a C, I also had to keep in mind that they want things really organized in an organized way. So when we were done, we just laid that out. Hey, this is the different areas we really have to watch and, and we're going to see how it works. He is that type of person. He wants the hardest cars to diagnose like electrical and things like that. And he just wants to go through his systematic thing. And he doesn't want to be all over the place doing 10 different jobs at once. Maybe a big takeaway from this episode is if we understand you've got a C in the bays, the the service advisor, the dispatcher, the shop manager, there's a whole different way to lead that person. I bet you you can get 110% productivity from that person if we just speak to him and manage him in his communication style and his needs and his wants rather than ours. The shop has needs and wants and ways and processes to do things, but there's a whole lot better way to support and ask. And it's neat within that conversation, really having that assertive listening and or communication that we've been working on, recreating what you're hearing from the other person to make sure that it's what's been said or interpreted properly, right? Also, the emotions that you did have, you said you left your emotions out, but what you really did is you actually spoke your emotions out onto the table and didn't have them within you during the conversation. It's like, this is how it makes me feel. Mm. Kind of getting getting that out on a table so that it's understood from both sides. And then also the underlying commitment of how do we make the shop better? Because that was really what put the cement on the conversation. It's like, at the end of it, did you not have the feeling that both of you, he wanted you to win, he wanted the shop to win, and he wanted to win. And it's like, before that would have never been able to been interpreted properly, let's say, between an S and a C right. without understanding that. how that works. Because yeah, you did an a, a awesome job with that. You know, it's great to hear how that happened this morning. And I was like, awesome. Yeah. I can't wait for you to share that next week. I heard about that in another podcast I did this morning about how we need to go. We're open 10 hours a day and the techs, you know, work in six. You can't ignore it. There's all kinds of opportunities and profits and throughput. I mean, you're booked out three weeks. Why? You know, because maybe we're not producing enough and getting it done and just can't sit there. Well, woe is us. This is who we are and how we get there. Purpose of this great leadership team, Sean, that you've got together here is that each of you are going to challenge each other. Beauty of being, if Brian sharing this story is going to rock some worlds out there, not only in your own shop, Brian, but in this team that you're building. 
your story is going to be repeated how many times in the next two weeks? Probably a bunch. The One of the uh, eight attributes is, we said before, was that clear mission. It's clear mission and goals. So if you don't have a goal or a game for your team to play, could you imagine if you just threw a bunch of soccer players, football players, ice hockey players all out onto a grass field and threw every piece of apparatus out there? What kind of game do you think they'd create without having clear direction and goals and what the game is. And that's kind of like dealing with different personalities in the back and the front of the shop. How, how can we, could you picture all the different, you know, the different lines on the football field along with the baseball diamond and the bases and then the two hockey goals at the end of the field? You'd be like, what the hell are we doing here? I could say my shop looked like that at certain times, depending on who was in the back, who was in the front and who was playing the game without having to, to clear goals and roles for the team to play a game. The answer to the dilemma is, so how do we score? How do we win? Yeah. Wow. And, and then also, you know, that level of compensation is tied to the performance of the team either winning the division or going to the Super Bowl and winning. Well, look, at high five to you, Sean, pulling this team together, bringing this episode to us, because I think this was the epitome of a, a really new, fresh start leadership group that you're pulling together that includes GMs and CEOs at the same time. Let's go around the room, give everybody a last shot. If there's anything that you want to say or bring a great pointer to our listenership, we'll start with Steve. We'll go to Tina. We'll go to Brian and Albert and Sean. So Steve, uh, any last word? I've signed up to a lot of different seminars and coaching and you always get something out of it. You know, you get this one or two nuggets that you can actually put to use. This particular uh, program that we're attending right now has been the best one by far. I mean, every week we really take a, a whole package of uh, useful tools to implement into our shop every time. And, and they uh, it's presented in a very uh, digestible way where you've got definite things that you're ready to go pull the trigger on. And it's well worth the time. Good. Thank you so much, Steve. Great summary. Tina. Yeah, I agree with Steve. And then uh, I also wanted to build a little bit on something he said earlier. Whenever you're coming into like a conflict, everyone always says, you know, oh, sometimes I'm the problem, sometimes I'm not. When Steve stated, yeah, we're always the problem, right? Fortunately, with programs like this, we can also always be the solution, right? We don't have to just be the problem. We can also be the person that brings change and solution to the group. And if it wasn't for programs like this, it would be very difficult to implement that change independently or go out and try to find all this information, read it, and then somehow make it into something comprehensible for a manager to, to execute on. So this program is, is huge. Like it, it helps with timing. It helps with conflict management. It helps with uh, getting production or the Play-Doh through the factory, so to speak. At this point, I, I can't even imagine how I solved things before at this point. <laughs> and we're only halfway there. Think if you got a strong gut and you're an observer and you're always doing uptake and intake of what's going on around you. You can see the problems, and, and a lot of times you can see the solutions. But as the leader, you don't necessarily need to make every one of those decisions. Because if your gut tells you that this is going on, it probably is, and the rest of your team knows it. Trust me, your team knows your strengths and your weaknesses. Trust me, on, on day two of employment, don't think that they don't. And being able to go to the team and saying, you may be 100% true and right, and you want to make this change. But I've been sensing this. The, we were doing this the other day, and it's kind of fallen down. Three times this week, this happened. Anybody see, feel, sense it? What could we do about it? Boss, I've been thinking about that myself. Oh, great. You want to lead this decision? Give, give me some input. So I think in the leadership group, Sean, trust me, you're probably teaching everyone, you don't have to be the center point of the world. You don't have to make every decision. You have just got to lead them. Good stuff, Brian. Final word. 
Yeah, so you made a comment before. Did anybody learn anything as far as the communication part? Is that correct when you said that? Yeah. So the three things that uh, are really, really powerful, say the words back to the person that you're listening to. Second thing is say the emotion that you hear from them. And the third thing is uh, say what their commitment is behind the words and the emotions. So as an example, uh, talking to this technician, you know, I, I did repeat the words back to him as far as the issues that he was having as far as his hours being down. And it was, uh, I learned a lot as far as from his point of view. And um, we had a discussion on that. The emotions that I heard from him was he was frustrated himself because he doesn't like to see that he's only doing 30 hours and he's there for 40 or 45. He's just as frustrated as everybody. And the third thing, as far as the commitment, I really got that when we were discussing changes, he said to me, how does that affect the whole shop? You know, as far as the the flow of work and who gets what, that's really when I got who he is for the shop. That's a powerful takeaway for you. Wow. When you say the commitment, a lot of times I have said, so I heard you say blank, and that's repeating the commitment. I heard you say that you really care about the shop. You really care about helping us get this thing done. Man, you have, it's a trifecta. Perfect. It's hard to really be present when you're listening to people and have those three things in the background. So I was really glad that I, there was a third person that actually could chime in and say, you know, these three things. Yeah, or, hey, you didn't hear that, right? Yeah. Brian, this third person that you had for support, would you need that person the next time? I don't need them, no. I mean, after doing that, I think I could get that, but it was nice to have a third party too. And I like that idea. Think about the power of what Brian just explained to us. I had this third person come in, if you will, support, pillars, keep me up there, keep me strong, remind me of what I'm here for. And in fact, you're playing for to that person, not as much as, in my opinion, not as much as to the tech you're talking to, but you're playing to that person because it was a critical moment of communications and fix and change in the business. But that person at the end of this could pick, hey, Brian, you did this good. We could have fixed this and done this differently. So you were really taking the learning you had and putting it to practical use. And I think once you get over one of those and you all could be there to help each other and support each other in the future. It's a great, great takeaway from this is get yourself a pillar to help you. Oh, that's an awesome piece throughout the program. We're fully available for situations. We set up a time. We can set up a call between two people at a shop and help them work through understanding and learning what they're actually using throughout this process so that it really sticks. And I think that's one of the really valuable pieces that I wish was taken advantage of more by the people on the call and that they reached out more instead of doing it just every Monday and having that extra 10 minutes, 20 minutes, hour during the week that you would need some coaching help that, uh, that we're available to help out with that as well. We'll bring that up on Monday. Yep. So to touch on what Sean just said, I'm lucky enough that I have access to Sean pretty much all the time. So that does help. To touch on Brian with the third person, the person he uses as that support pillar, I've also used in a lot of my one-on-ones. I am actually going through one with my service manager right now with a PIP program, personal improvement plan. Kind of met with him before we had this meeting. Got to see him actually kind of open up. And a lot of that is coming from being able for us being able to communicate better with each other through the HPT. And it's just been fantastic. I've watched my other managers grow and take it on and open up communication more, you know, and how they are more motivated if I act a certain way. And I've kind of adjusted some of the things I've done. I've been told I've been a seagull at times, came in, dropped some droppings and flown out. 
you know, and, and that's kind of been opened up, cleaned that up, and, you know, and then within a week or two, I've watched that shop rise 25% in, in sales and productivity. Like all of these things have really impacted the business as a whole, not just the communication, but through that communication, it's affected the numbers, you know, and, and everybody's just working together and that communication there. It's amazing. Albert, were you ever a stick leader or a carrot leader? So I have no idea because stick. I am beating people into it or holding the carrot out in front of their nose. <sighs> so before I came on with Automotive Magic, I was at another shop for 18 years running the shop. I was pretty much here, was told here, figure it out. So I just kind of ran with whatever was working at the time, whether it was beating somebody in the knee to get a move in, whether it was enticing them. Until jumping into Automotive Magic, I had no training as a manager. I figured it out myself. So Very good. A little stick, a little carrot. You have the last word, Sean. Thank you, Albert. Yeah, no, uh, it's been really fun doing this. I'm actually in the process myself of, uh, of getting certified to lead one of these programs. We're probably going to run about three or four more before they let me grow my own wings and kind of go out and do it. But I'm really looking to help as many people that are at that level that have a leadership team to do this and to continue to work with the same people we have. I was watching a, a, a webinar and one of the most important things to keep and retain employees, you know, it's cheaper to retain an employee and train them than it is to have to always look for one constantly. One of the top three things was some kind of leadership development program so that they see a future for themselves. If you're not training your staff, if you're not leveling their game up and getting out of their way, then you're going to hold the, you're going to hold the lid on. So uh, from my experience over 10 years, I wish I kind of uh, stuck my nose into this availability of coaching that I've had available to me for the last 10 years and really took it on like we're doing in this 10-week or 20-week program. If anyone wants to get through to you, Sean, or wants to be part of a next session, how would they do that? We're probably going to be starting one, I'd say, in the next six, seven weeks. You can uh, shoot me an email at sean at magicalsolutionsgroup.com. We're currently uh, developing a landing page. It should be open here in the next week or so so that you can throw some input in there, get some uh, questions answered. And then we can uh, have a, a conversation on the side to uh, see if it's a good fit for you and or for the next uh, next one we're running. We're definitely going to have some room here to, uh, to change some lives and change some people. Well, thank you all for being here. This was great. And to our listening audience, I'm sure you learned something positive you did. So now use it and go get something done. Thanks. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.